It's not supposed to be easy to win the Stanley Cup. And it sucks being a Leafs fan, but hey, we've waited over 50 years. I think we can wait a few more. Welcome back to Unlimited episode number 16. Riding solo for this episode, first solo episode so far. Um, Today we're going to be talking finally about the Toronto Maple Leafs and their Game 5 loss and elimination from the Stanley Cup qualifiers. Yes, they did not even make the playoffs this year, which is incredibly disappointing for a team with this much talent. Um, In this video, we're going to talk about Game 5. Um, a little bit to start off. Uh, I'm going to recap some uh, defining moments of their season. And then we're going to look ahead to the offseason and what these guys can do, what management can do to improve, and, and what pl- kind of players I want them to bring in. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get into all of that now. Um, first of all, um, quickly, game five, what happened, everything. Um, yeah, Leafs lost. They got shut out, just like they did in Game 1. Uh, couldn't generate any goals on Jonas Corposalo. And first of all, shout-out to the Columbus Blue Jackets and Jonas Corposalo. These guys are super strong defensively, and that's really what won them the series. The Leafs just couldn't get anything by their defense, and they tried. They tried to generate chances. They just couldn't bury any goals. And you got to give credit where credit is due. And John Tortorella did a great job with the Blue Jackets. So respect to them and good luck against Tampa Bay. But then the Leafs could not catch a break in this series. They shot 1.97 at 5-on-5 this series. Which is unacceptable. But it's just very unlucky. Because that never happens. That should never happen, especially to a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs with this much skill. It just goes to show how good Corpusella was and how unlucky the Leafs were. That's Tavares' post in Game 5. He buries that 99% of the time. I know he was saying he got good wood on it, and I can't. I don't blame him for trying to get it off fast. Like You can't beat Corpusella. You see the open net. You want to put it in as fast as you can. He tried his best. Didn't go in. Didn't work out. Wasn't in the Leafs' favor. First goal for the Blue Jackets was extremely lucky. Luck was on their side on that play. Deflection off a stick. Should not have gone in, but it did. Freddie can't really blame him for it. You just just can't. And, of course, it's Zach Wierenski who probably, well, he might not have played in the game. He was hurt. Um, But, yeah, he did play. And he, of course, gets the first goal. Um, Second goal that the Blue Jackets got was so stupid. So dumb. I don't know what they were doing on the line change. Justin Hall goes off. Everybody goes off except for Martin Marincin. And he's out, left out to dry. And he's got to stop a two-on-one. And he doesn't do anything. He just backs right up into Freddie. And, yeah, you know, what was going through my mind at first was... Why didn't Freddie even come out to play that puck behind the net? I thought he was going to stop it because I thought the puck wasn't going like too fast. He could have went behind the net and, and, and stopped it and left it for Marincin. But, you know, looking back, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe it was going a bit fast. I don't know. But, but then again, 
like Freddie should have stopped the goal. <laughs> he should have stopped the puck from going in, and Liam Foody should not have snuck that by him. So, yeah, it's it's disappointing, but it's just another unlucky play that that the Leafs did. And I uh, I don't know if I don't know if that one was luck- unlucky, but it's just stupid. Like, why go off on a line change like that when you have no one back there? But of course, it happens to the Leafs, and then. Yeah, they're down 2 nothing. You think they're going to pull off another miracle? No, because that doesn't happen two games in a row, especially for a team like the Leafs. just doesn't happen. So they get shut out. They had their chances, but they got shut out. I know McKayev had another chance, deflection, hit the crossbar. Didn't work out. Line changes in this game. Keith put that big three line together, looked great. William Nylander was awful at center. Don't put him at center again. I thought Willie looked great throughout the entire series, but in this game. This game, he was awful. And that's probably just because he was at center. He's not used to it. He played the entire season at the, on wing. So, you know, it, it sucks. And I thought Willie did play well throughout the playoffs. It's just this one game. Marner looked good. Matthews looked good. Tavares looked good. Third line looked pretty solid. Janssen looked okay. Can't really blame Kiefer putting in... Andreas Janssen, yeah, he's an impactful player. He wanted him in the lineup. He's healthy, so he's good to go. Put him in. I know people were criticizing him because Robertson was having good series, and yeah, he was, but it, it didn't impact the game. Janssen did not impact the game in a negative way or a positive way. Could you say Robertson would have? You can't say that, so don't talk about that. Then, the fourth line. Big round of applause for the third line. They were maybe the most consistent line throughout the entire series. As soon as Engvall came in in Game 2, they looked really, really good. It was just the defense. It was just the defense. And, yeah, I know you lose Jake Muzzin, and hopefully he's doing better. Tyson Berry goes down in this one as well. So you're down two D-men, two top four D-men. Or Berry's, like, in the top six. But he's still a valuable defenseman, even though he hasn't had the good, a good year. You're left with Martin Marincin, Cody Cece, Travis Dermott, Justin Hall. Like... It's not good enough. It's not good enough at all. And they were not good. And that's what that's why the Leafs lost. They weren't good enough, and shout out to the Jackets. The Leafs need to be better. They need to get better players. They need to play a better scheme. Implement a new strategy. They they gotta do they gotta do a lot of stuff. And it sucks that they got eliminated. It really, really sucks that they got eliminated. And you know, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, it, it's, it's just, it's just too bad. Like, yeah. Let's, uh, let's recap a little bit of the season here. Tyson Berry, Alexander Kerfoot for Nazem Kadri. Did it work out? I don't even need to say. Like, that trade completely backfired on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Tyson Berry did not live up to expectations at all. And if you're getting the Tyson Berry that was on Colorado just a year ago and put up the numbers that he did in Colorado during the playoffs, it's definitely worth it because this guy would put up 60-something points during the regular season and then average just below a point per game in the playoffs. This guy was amazing. He was playing big minutes on Colorado. That's what the Leafs were expecting of him. Right-handed defenseman, number one pairing. You can put him with Riley. 
This guy ended up playing on the third pair with Travis Dermott. That, that is not what the Leafs thought they were getting in Tyson Berry. Alexander Kerfoot, in my opinion, did not have the strongest regular season. Really showed up in the playoffs, though. This guy was great. Led that third line. Generated the offense. I think he was okay. I would obviously prefer Kadri over him. But I can't complain about Kerfoot. Tyson Berry was a major letdown this year. And that's what people are going to be talking about. Then you got Cody Cece, who was also in that Nikita Zaitsev trade. Didn't work out, obviously. Uh, guy was tried on the first pair with Morgan Riley. Just didn't work. This guy is not good defensively. He's not good offensively. Can't trust him with the puck. Probably shouldn't be an NHL defenseman. And he will be gone. If the Leafs bring him back, I, I don't know. People are going to be up in arms. You cannot bring him back. There's no way. Yeah, I'm not. I don't even think the Leafs should be considering it. There's no way you bring him back. The only plus is that he's a right-handed defenseman. But there's got to be guys out there that you can bring in that are better than Cody Cece. I know Dubis talks about the analytics and his his underlying numbers are good and he's okay in terms of stats. But like, look at the eye test as well. Look at what he does on the ice and the turnovers that he makes and. The bad passes that he makes and his horrible shots. That one in game four was like 10 feet to the right of the net. This guy can't play. He, he cannot play. And he's got to get a lot better. You know, I, he was okay. He was somewhat decent on Ottawa. But no, it didn't work on the Leafs. So get him out of town. Because, yeah, he's not going to be good. And he's not going to be worth the money that he might want as well. Um, Sheldon Keefe. And the coaches. Obviously, Mike, ba Mike Babcock was fired after a awful start to the year for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it made sense to do it. I called it, by the way. I knew it was going to happen. When Keefe came in right away, team looked really good. Looked like a different team. They had new life, new energy. They loved playing. They were happier. And they were winning games, most importantly. And then, all of a sudden, for some reason, they went back to playing like the way they did with Babcock, and they started losing a bunch and a bunch of games. And do I blame Key for that? No, absolutely not. It is an adjustment for any coach, or even for any player, anyone, to come in mid-season and turn things around so quickly. He implemented a completely new system. And from the first game, you could see it. Like, the system was working. They were playing with more speed, more skill, using their strengths to their advantage. And it worked against a team like Arizona in game one. And the thing with Babcock was that he wouldn't make adjustments. Throughout the game, throughout the season, he just stuck to what he thought worked. But it seemed like Keefe was more open to changes, more open to line changes in specific and was trying more things throughout the year. But unfortunately, for some reason, and I, I don't know if I should blame Keefe, but it wasn't translating to wins yet, which still doesn't make sense because of the talent that this team has. And they were getting embarrassed. They had that awful 5 nothing loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins on the road. They had a awful game... I, I, there's no words to describe this game against Carolina. 
I can even mention both of the Carolina games that they played this year. That 8-6 game, you can't, six goals. Like I know people are saying that was the most exciting Leafs game of the year. Well, maybe the, the game three of the Columbus series was. But to say your best game of the year is a game that you let in six goals? Really? That's your best game of the year? Maybe the most exciting game of the year, but no. You let in six goals to the Carolina Hurricanes. I know they're a good team, but no. It shouldn't take eight goals to win a hockey game. And then the even worse game against Carolina, and I don't want to talk too much about it, but they lost to a Zamboni driver. You guys know it. They lost to a Zamboni driver that works for the team, that works for them. So, where do you go from here? What changes need to be made to the Toronto Maple Leafs so that they can be better? Is it the players? Is it the coaches? Is it management? What does this team do? First of all, you cannot base your entire offseason plans off of a five-game Stanley Cup playoff, not really, qualifying series against the Columbus Blue Jackets. You cannot. But, but, do you really think that this team, if there was not a break, could have still won a playoff round against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning? I think it's pretty safe to say that they would not have won it. So I don't think you should be taking or putting a pause on your offseason plans right now just because of this coronavirus pandemic that messed everything up and this isn't really the playoffs and, you know, I'm going to give this team another year because it wasn't, it's unforeseen circumstances. Nobody's seen it before. They're not used to it. Let's give them another chance. I don't think they should listen to that stuff at all. You were probably going to lose either way in round one. And if you truly think that, then you should not be holding back on any offseason moves. And you need to look at the entire season. You cannot just look at this series. The Leafs played awful throughout the entire year. Changes need to be made. Do I think the Leafs need to trade one of Marner, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander? Do I think that? Maybe. Maybe. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely not. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think Dubis has faith in those core four guys that he has signed to contracts recently. Very recently. He has made commitments to them long term. And in his eyes, he thinks that he has a winning formula with that group. In a lot of people's eyes, they don't think it's going to work. In my eyes, I think you got to move on from one of them. I think Matthews and Tavares are locks to stay. Marner has a contract that is going to be impossible to move. I don't think he's worth the money. I think Marner is a great player, but to be paid almost $11 million a year for a guy who isn't known for the goal scoring, is more of just a, an assist guy, and he puts up great points. Don't, don't get me wrong. And Marner is a great player. I think he had a great series other than game one, but I think the money is, is a lot. And you're obviously not going to move on from Matthews or Tavares, so he might be the guy. But because of how much he makes, I don't think it's going to be easy to trade him. So you look at a guy like William Nylander, for example, who didn't have the strongest series. I know he put up two goals to assist, but especially in Game 5, did not look good at all. And, you know, coming off a 30-goal a campaign in the regular season, this guy's trade value is pretty high. 
and his contract is also pretty sweet too just under seven million dollars for a guy who can put up 30 goals at his age i think he's only 23 turning 24 like maybe you trade him do i want him do i want them to trade him i i don't know i i am a fan of william nylander and he's a good young talented player but at some point you got to move on from one guy and i think if you were picking between marner or nylander ideally Marner, just because of the money, and you're freeing up a ton of cap space if you can get rid of him. Also, he's a better player. You're going to get more in return. But I think Willie makes sense. Do I think Dubas will actually do it? Probably not. I know that he told William Nylander that he would not be trading him during his time as a GM as well. So chances are he's not going to get dealt. But, you know, Dubas might have to show them who's boss and actually pull the trigger on that trade. If he thinks that the Leafs can get something good for Nylander, then I think he should do it. Show them who's boss, Kyle. If this is your team, this is your team. So you can make the move. You can make the moves that you want to do. So what else should they do? Looking at next year, looking at the roster, they have some question marks on defense in specific, but let's go to the forwards first. They got a guy named Alexander Barabanov coming in, who they just signed uh, during the whole... Uh, break quarantine portion and uh, yeah another speedy skilled winger 25 years old he's gonna come in and just be like another Andreas Janssen type player I know he's got great hands this guy probably gonna play in the top six to start at least I'll, they'll, they'll try him they'll try him and um, is that what the Leafs really want I don't know I don't think so I don't think they need another skilled winger. They should have gone out and gotten some, someone else, but now they haven't. And he's going to be on their roster at least to start the year. Ilya Mikheyev is a free agent. They got to find a way to sign him. You got to bring him back. He was great on the penalty kill. Great 5-on-5 five five as well. I know he didn't have the best series, but you know he's a solid top nine forward. And he'll be cheap. Bring him back. Nick Robertson. He was a guy who had a great games one through four. Thought he could have played game five and performed really well in, in that game as well. He will definitely make the team next year. Why hold him back? So there's another speedy, young, skilled forward that you're going to bring into your core. It's just the same guys that they're bringing in. And I like that they have depth. And they're good, talented players. There will be something in this league. I just think they need a variety. There's too much of the same with this team. Let's look at the defense now. Tyson Berry and Cody Cece are are out. They're out. Travis Dermott. Do you bring him back because he's an RFA? Do you trade him? Do you re-sign him? Do you just let him go? Get compensation back? I, I don't know. I don't know. Right now on their defense heading into next year, they got Morgan Riley on the left side. Riley, Muzzin, Sandine. Right side, they got nobody. They got nobody on the right side. Justin Hall, who also could be moved. So, do you want to bring in, or sorry, you, do you want to bring back Travis Dermott, who is also more offensively minded? Not the strongest in his in the defensive zone. Can't really play on the penalty kill or shouldn't play on the penalty kill. 
Hasn't helped out at all on the power play as well. Do you want to bring him back? I don't think they should. I don't think they should bring back Travis Dermott. I know he's still very young. I know that they've developed him through the system. And he was a draft pick of the Leafs. And yeah, he played well on the Marlies. And he, now he's on the Leafs and stuff. But like you could bring him back if he's cheap. But if he wants to get paid over $2 million or $1.5, do not bring him back. Trade him or get some compensation back. Because yet again, I think they need to bulk up on defense. I think they need to get some more defensive defensemen and not just guys that are, you know, big and tough and going to be a pain in front of the net, but also guys that can, you know, put up points and skate. You know, don't just bring in a guy like Roman Polak just for the defensive zone because then, you know, you have Martin Marincin who can do that. But you need someone who's versatile, who can actually skate, get up get up and down the ice. So I think Travis Dermott is, is very similar to Erasmus Sandin. You already have him. You can only have... Like, I look at a team like St. Louis, for example, and when they won the Cup, they had Petrangelo, Pareko. Joel Edmondson, Carl Gunnarsson. Then they had, uh, I'm definitely missing some of uh, Jay Bomeister, Robert Bortuzzo. Then they also had a guy named Vince Dunn, who is complete opposite to all those guys. All the guys that I just mentioned, bigger guys, can play on the PK, are good defensively. And then they have Vince Dunn, who is the opposite. He will play on the power play. He is offensively minded. He can skate well, joins the rush. The Leafs already have Morgan Riley who can do that. They're going to have Rasmus Sandin, who they will give a shot to make the team next year. You want a third guy like that in Travis Dermott? That is way too much. That is way too much because Riley shouldn't be playing on the penalty kill. Sandin will not be playing on the penalty kill. Dermott really shouldn't be playing on the penalty kill either. That's three guys. Fill out your right side with better defensive defenseman Jake Muzzin is the only solid defensive defenseman on this team other than that I think they need to change the outlook of their defensive core and bring in more defensive guys I know Justin Hall showed some promise do I think that he can play in the top six yeah if you put him top six on the right side put him on the penalty kill second penalty kill that's pretty solid, I think. But you cannot have Justin Hall playing in the top four. Not yet, at least. He's still too young. He's not ready yet. He can develop into that, though. you got to find two defensemen this offseason. Maybe three. Probably three. Because I don't even know if Sandine will be ready. Like I said, top pairing, you got Riley. you got to find someone to play alongside him on the right side. Second pair, you got Muzzin. You got to find someone to play alongside of him on the right side. Third pair, as of right now, I guess it's Sandine and and Justin Hall, which is okay. I just don't think Sandine is ready yet. I think they want to develop him a little bit more. I don't think he can help as much. Like It wouldn't be the worst thing to bring in Sandine to start the year, but uh, there could be better. I know it's... You can't really make too many changes over one offseason, but in, in the perfect world, I don't think he's on the team. 
So why bring back Travis Dermott? There's just no need to do it. He's not going to play in the top four. He's not going to play in the top four. You already have Riley and, and, and Sandine who are similar to Dermott offensively. You don't need to bring Dermott back. Package him in a deal with someone else. Get him out of town. Trade him for someone better. Right-handed defenseman who can play in the top four. Another question that Leafs fans are asking is, Frederick Anderson, is his time in Toronto up? And he's got one year remaining on his contract when he signed with the Leafs for five years. Lou Lamorello made the trade um, to the Ducks to get him, and then they extended him. Five-year deal is up. Do they bring him back? Do they trade him? Do they keep him? What about the expansion draft? All those questions. It's really too early to say or even give an opinion on what the Leafs are going to do with him because it is a really tricky situation. And they have Jack Campbell. They have Joseph Wall. None of those guys are going to be starters next year. Campbell could be, but he's not. He's not an NHL starter. Would I feel comfortable with that? No. You got to get someone else if you decide to let go of Freddie. I don't know what names are out there. I know the Pittsburgh Penguins are looking at making some changes. I don't know if they're in need of a goalie, but I'm sure one team is. But I don't think they should take a step back in the net. Maybe you make a trade or you sign a free agent goalie who is somewhat equal to Freddie, maybe someone younger, maybe someone that is cheaper. And then you, you bring him in. Like, you only do it if it makes sense. And I know the fans love Frederick Anderson. They love him. Even though he lets in some weak goals. Like, where would this team be without Frederick Anderson? He has been the MVP of this team for multiple years. And he has gone through so much pain because this team does not have defense. Imagine if this team had a strong defensive core and how much better Frederick Anderson would be and how much better this overall team would be. They would be winning a lot more hockey games if Frederick Anderson had some help in front of him in his defensive zone and in front of his net, clearing away pucks, blocking out guys, pushing them around, giving him clear eyesight to the puck. Less turnovers, everything. He has not had that. He has gone through the Jake Gardner era, the Cody Ceci era, the the Tyson Berry now. He's gone through it all. I feel bad for the guy he might want out of town, to be honest. Because he has given his all to this team. And the Leafs organization has not helped him out defensively whatsoever. I would like to see them give Freddie one more shot. And if, he, and if he does well, you bring him back. You try your best to bring him back. I don't know how much he's going to want. He's probably going to have to take a discount. I, I just don't want this era with Frederick Anderson to go to waste. Because I do think that he is one of the best goaltenders in the world. But yet again, if the trade is there... If you can somehow, maybe not upgrade, but also not take a step back at goalie, then then you pull the trigger. You pull the trigger on the trade if it makes sense. And yeah, that's uh, that's really it. That's really it. Um, I think covered everything that I wanted to talk about. Yep, Zamboni driver. Yep, yep, yep. Got it all. Got it all. Um, still processing everything that happened this year. 
it's weird having hockey come back all of a sudden and then or sorry having it come back and then go away all of a sudden um in like a week and a half the Leafs are out of the playoffs no more Toronto Maple Leafs hockey for this year and you know that's the what fifth year in a row where we are out in well, I guess this doesn't count as the first round but we technically didn't even make the playoffs this year but I guess it's basically the fifth year fifth year in a row that we're out in the first round and that's really tough that's really tough as a Leafs fan I don't know where we go from here but you know look at a team like the Washington Capitals took them a long long time with Alexander Ovechkin to finally win and I know everybody wants to be like the Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins and win three Stanley Cups by the time these guys are in their their star players are in their 30s uh, it just doesn't happen, you know, especially with the Leafs. It's, it wasn't meant to be perfect. It wasn't meant to be linear. You know, you get Matthews, you get Marner, T- Nylander, you sign Tavares, you get Frederick Anderson. Everything is trending upwards. It was never meant to be like that. There's going to be hiccups along the road. And we are facing some major hiccups and disappointments year after year with this team. They're just not ready. The one other thing that I do want to bring up is is leadership. And I know the Leafs have, you know, a couple of voices in their locker room. John Tavares, I would hope, is vocal. I know he's the captain, so he should be. I don't think Austin Matthews is the most vocal guy. And, you know, I'm okay with that because he shows his leadership on the ice and he leads by example. I don't think Mitch Marner is the most vocal guy. And also his on-ice performance isn't, you know, as good as someone like Matthews. I know they got Kyle Clifford, who is good in terms of leadership but and experience, but he might not be back next year. You know, they got to re-sign him as well. Jake Muzzin is also a good guy for that. Jason Spezza was a good guy for that. Will he be back next year? I think they should bring him back. You know, give him another one-year deal and, and go after it again because this guy looked really devastated after they lost the game. So bring him back. I do think the Leafs need to add guys that are going to be more vocal and you know, I'm not just saying, like, go after a guy like Joe Thornton to play on the fourth line. Because I think he's old. Well, he is old. But I don't know if he can still play as well as he used to. I know people have been, you know, throwing his name out there for the past couple of years. Bring him to Toronto. And that would be pretty cool. But only if it makes sense. And only if, you know, you think this guy is actually going to contribute on the ice and, and make your team successful. But I would look at another like bottom six guy who you know hasn't won the cup yet, or maybe he has won the cup. He has experience in the league and he's determined and he's gonna be vocal in the locker room. You know, take a guy like Nick Foligno for example, and you know he's not necessarily the best on ice guy in terms of stats, but you know he's a leader. He's the captain of the Blue Jackets. Um, you know, just just you got to bring in guys that that have that experience and and know what it takes to win because I still think that this. You got to remember that this core, the core of this team, most of this team is young, very young. They don't know how to get it done yet. They've never won a playoff series in the Austin Matthews era. So they got to be better. And, you know, they might need some help along the way. Clifford was good. Muzzin was good. Spezza was good. Bring them all back. Muzzin is back, but bring back Clifford and Spezza and just add to it. You know, just just keep adding to that offseason agenda for the Leafs defensive defenseman on the right side to fill it out and bottom six leadership 
I think that's seriously what, what you, they have to look at. And, you know, it's not easy to win the Stanley Cup. Look at what happened in these playoffs. Edmonton is out. Chicago stunned the world with that one. The Pittsburgh Penguins are out. Montreal stunned the world with that one. It is hard to win the Stanley Cup. Very difficult. Even if you have the best team on paper, in hockey, anything can happen. And hard work beats talent. And that is what happened in this series with the Leafs. Hard work simply beat talent in this one. The Blue Jackets just wanted it more. And it just shows that you cannot win the Stanley Cup only if you have the talent. And that's what Kyle Dubas is doing, I think. I think he's just relying on the talent and the youth and the skill of these guys. You need more. You need leadership. You need defense. You need the experience. You need a lot more than just skill. You know, and I hope Dubis, you know, adds adds to it this this offseason and and there is change cuz you cannot go back to next season with the same identity, with the same strategies, same team. You got to make some changes. And I do have faith that that Dubis will do that. Or if he doesn't, then, you know, he might be in in some hot water and he might be on the on the hot seat moving forward. Yeah. I'll leave it off with that. It's not supposed to be easy to win the Stanley Cup. And it sucks being a Leafs fan, but hey, we've waited over 50 years. I think we can wait a few more and it's all going to be worth it in the end if this team somehow wins the stanley cup so with that thank you boys for watching unlimited episode 16 um if you're watching on youtube make sure you subscribe hit the notification bell turn on your post notifications comment down below for future video ideas uh, we're also on Spotify if you want to listen there, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public. Follow at UnlimitedPod on Instagram as well. There will be more hockey talk in the future. There will be more NFL, other topics, baseball, basketball, more stuff. Um, I appreciate everybody watching the Leafs reactions after every game. Unfortunately, can't do those anymore. Would have loved to continue them. I love doing the reactions after every single game. Um, maybe next year. Maybe next year they will make it past the first round and we can make that a thing again. So, yeah, that's it. We will see you guys in the next one. Thank you very much for watching again. And, yeah, see ya.